It's the TX Water Polo Podcast. I'm James Smith in Austin, Texas. That is Joe Linehan in San Antonio, Texas. It's been a month, Joe. How are you? Good. How are you doing, James? I'm okay. Like you and I are both having to take care of our kids. Like I'm taking my 19-year-old up to college tomorrow. You have uh, small, small, small children that you got to take care of all the time. But other than that, everything is all good. I have a small, small child. Yes. And one on the way, but yes. One so on the way. it's not children yet. I don't so. think we ever broke the no- news about that, actually. But uh, there you go. Another oh, yeah. so, another yeah. Linehan coming into another, the world. Another In October, November at some point. So, so yeah, yeah. it's going to be fun. It's, it's going to be a lot of fun. So I'm about 20 years behind you. So. Yeah, well, this part is a good part. I have to say it's really fun to go hang out with her and go up. To, and I've never I've been up to her school once, but now I'm we're going to be there for a couple of days, which is going to be really fun. Especially in August, it'll be much, much better than here. Joe, it's 70. Don't you don't want to get me started on the weather. It's 72 degrees in central New York. 72. I'm going to have to wear a sweater. I, ugh, I'm so sick of this weather we are you know, we are an officially an old person podcast we just start we, we, yeah we just talked about the weather i think we're officially just texan you know because there's nobody you i have an outdoor pool so yesterday it was 104 during practice like i just refereed from in the water um I'm over that. All right. That's my grousing for the day. Um, we got a lot to cover, high school stuff in particular. Um, we will get to that in a moment. We have an interview also with Ty Halford, who's the Clear Creek head, head coach and also the chair of Tisca Water Polo. And Joe spoke with him earlier, so we'll, we'll cover the upcoming season. Season number two, UIL. So this is exciting stuff. But uh, before we get to that, um, we're going to just cover some uh, bases that we haven't done in a while. You heard of Junior Olympics, Joe? You ever heard of that tournament before? I think so. Yeah. A little bit. Uh, session three. Like, it finished in uh, North Texas. Sounds to me like from everybody that I spoke to that it went very well yet, yet again. Um, we participated in it as well. And so uh, I think, what, again, you're going to give me the inside scoop on how everything went because you were going from site to site to site to site. Um, but for me, once again, well done uh, to uh, the, the hosts and the tournament went off very well. Yeah, again, I mean, we can't, we as in U.S. Warpole, we can't do a the Session 3 up in North Texas without the great local hosts, Pegasus and Cowtown and Mavericks and Thunder, Dallas Jesuit. You know, like, yeah, like they all did a great job as usual. Um, we had this, we had the 17 total courses kind of running. Um, and I think everybody, like, you know, not that this is old hat now because it's always different. There's always yeah. different challenges. But, you know, I don't stress as much about the uh, about certain things because I know that it's going to get taken care of. But overall, I mean, this tournament was, I think, the best overall tournament that we've had for session three. Um, yes, of course, you're going to have the crazy parents, and, <laughs> you know, like, you know, the coaches that are kind of yelling at, yeah, at refs. But I think that was a lot less than last year. Um, but we didn't have any of the issues with like, you know. Like the, yeah, like the pools that had the had the chlorine or the bear or the bad air quality or right. something like that. So I think over the years, you know, pools and and we've all kind of adjusted to the event, the timing of the event. Um, I think the it was completely very high level competitive play. Um, you know, overall we had probably slightly less teams than in twenty one. Yeah, 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 than in twenty two. Mm-hmm. Um, we definitely had, had had less teams than in 21 because in 22, you know, like in 21, it was the only option, right? Right. For teams outside of California. Yep. It, like, and then in 22, you know, teams I don't, 
think we're quite ready to travel yet because yep. it was like it was the high cost of travel. It was in Northern California. Um, people people weren't quite sure about that. But this year, kind of say it was like the JOs kind of session one, session two, where yeah, I was in Southern California. There were a ton of outside of California names that traveled yeah. to that event this year. Um, overall, our numbers in uh, in the session three was very similar um, than last year. Uh, but we had this approximately the same amount of teams from Texas attend, yeah, which is huge because we had a lot more teams go to to the session one, session two. So there's a, there's a lot more teams in Texas playing. Um, and then we had a little bit, yeah, we had a lot more California teams come out to session three this year. I know that was interesting. Yeah, and more and probably more importantly. Those Cal those California teams were just kind of the middle of the road teams. Yeah, they, they were come out here and beat everybody and stuff yep. like that. And I'm hoping that those teams go back and kind of tell their buddies they had a good experience and they got to play for some medals and you know and they are gonna there's gonna be more and more and more and more California teams coming out. Um, and then there's also teams that came in 22 that didn't come in 23. They're gonna have to ask themselves, do we want to go and kind of be and play in the bottom four of of kind of let's say the gold bracket right or play in the classic or do you or is it going to be a better right. experience going out to session three yeah so and everybody has to make their own decisions you know and there might be like you know a club might decide all right instead of sending all of our a teams out to session one session two we're only going to send these two or three teams and everybody else goes to, to session three yeah you no know, um it's just you know it is expensive proposition to go out to California. Most definitely. Um, it's it's kind of an easy thing for the Texas teams, right, to go to session three because it's quote-unquote local. Yep. Um, they're doing, there's no flight, but you still have the hotel and all that good stuff. But um, the different teams from around the country that are outside of California, you know, like, you know, a ton of the Florida teams came to session three. Right, yeah. Which was huge. And, um, and I did ask them, you know, why they decided to come to session three and then i mean it's really a like a cost issue yeah a competitive issue i think a lot of them enjoy kind of coming and playing for like 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 for some hardware and stuff like that so that's right but overall i think i mean i think everybody had a very good experience that yeah like like they came so um and the tournament kind of ran smoothly um there were some hiccups of course behind the scenes but you know like the 99.9 percent of the people don't yet yeah, probably don't see that stuff yeah. but um did your teams have like have a good experience out at the session one session two session yeah two? we had a good time i'll get let me get back to that second because i wanted to follow up on this the the you and i are both coaches so we both have this competitive thing where we want to go where we can compete the most and we want to develop our athletes and stuff but cost matters like price matters and one and cost and ease and I will say that I did not go out to California for session one. I had a couple of other coaches go. and uh, But session three is relatively easy. It's just easy. It's cheaper. It's, uh, you know, you can get around, I think, more easily for the most part. So, uh, I mean, I don't, I don't want to focus on that because it makes it sound like, oh, this is just a cheaper alternative. But it is easier. It's, and I think that's attractive. And I think your Florida teams talked about that a little bit themselves. So I'm a obviously a huge fan um i'm also just getting old so there you go but i i admit that part um session yeah, one but, yeah go ahead yeah but it was it was very good to see the like the texas teams that did go out to session one and session two compete and compete at a uh, high level too 
completely. It's so it's that's so gratifying because you're really you're just going up against the best, man. I mean, we have to admit it. So the I mean, uh, I, mean I mean, just yeah, yeah, just kind of look at the twelve U uh, divisions, right? You had the twelve U boys, you had Pegasus and Viper Vision that did very very well. Yep. They were both in platinum. You had the twelve U mix from Longhorn that champions, won. champions yeah, yeah, that won, and um, and you know, and you know, there was a there were there were platinum teams in almost in almost each of the divisions. So, um, and that was, you know, let's say that was the first time that we had a full contingent or a larger, a large contingent of teams since before COVID. So Joe, you'll um, love this part where you, you, you'll not be surprised by this whatsoever, but my sources tell me that that Longhorn victory was, uh, not met with cheers by their California opponents. They were not happy about that. So uh, that is the usual story that we talk about. It's like, oh, we're surprised that we're playing against a team of some quality. So congratulations oh, so to them, man. It's so great that y'all got on a flight and came out here. It's all so wonderful. <laughs> Isn't that it? It's exactly it. It's like, oh, it's, we're just delighted to have you. It's so fun to have you here. Oh, you beat us? You suck. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it is it is almost like that yeah sometimes i've heard that but before. yeah yeah but longhorns did a great job with awesome. their younger groups yep. and uh it's like the hard work's paid off so yeah there you go um the answer to your question is our families had a great time in california there were a lot of them who you know i was monitoring communications the entire time and sitting on the edge of my seat for the last game when we were up by two with uh one man short and uh and finished off a team from California. So that's our first ever time that we did that. Um, so it was really exciting for me and the families, they were just basically like, we don't even want to come home. Like we love it here so much. They go to the Huntington beach and go hang out, you know, after the games, it just looked fantastic. So I have a group that is hot to trot on traveling and we can talk a little bit more about that in uh, later as well. So uh, a very good time for those guys and our 18 and unders playing in Dallas. It was, it was a good time. It's bittersweet. You know, you got these 18 year olds. There's at least three of my guys are gone. Like they've, uh, they've graduated. Um, one of my coaches left, you know, so it's bittersweet. It was, but it was just a fun, good time and highly, you know, competitive. And we made platinum. So, I mean, what the heck that's, that's as good as it gets for us. Yeah. And, uh, and you talk about the bittersweet and like, you know, this is the time for change, right? So yep. like kind of right after JOs, you go right into the high school season. Um, and like, you Boy, know, did they. like, yeah, yeah, yeah. Like the kids age up, um, you know, kids go from like the eighth grade to the ninth grade, you know, yep. uh, like, yeah, like the seniors leave and can kind of go off to college. I mean, there's is a lot of change and there's a lot more going on kind of moving forward. 20, the fall of 23 and into 24 is going to be fun and exciting. Very much so. Um, let's uh, do a couple quick things. First is the Austin College um, schedule is out. I mean, if you wanted to cover anything else about J.A., I was happy to do it. But um, just very briefly, um, Austin College heads off to Southern California to start their season on the 9th of September. Uh, Biola, good team. You see Santa Barbara, that's going to be very rough. Redlands, Concordia, Biola again. Cal State Fullerton, I just have to make mention, you know, Fullerton was a hub of American water polo for so long. So I'm actually really pleased that they're back on the board. And then later in the season, Wheaton, Wheaton, Massachusetts, a brand new program as well. So uh, there've been some that dropped, but there've been some that also come in and taken their place. Uh, and uh, Austin College is going to play a few of them. No, it's, it's going to be fun. I think Mark Lawrence has those kids going. Um, I don't think they have any home games this year. Doesn't but, look like um, it. But, like, I think they're going to have a home game or a home tournament with the girls. 
And I think both the boys and the girls, you know, they had some kids leave. They have some kids coming in. I think they're both going to be strong. So definitely kind of follow the, like, like the Austin College team. They're young. They're young, man. Lots of freshmen and sophomores. It's a, that's, so I'm, I'm very – and a big roster, so that's good. Like he's got some options there, so it'll be very fun to watch. We'll talk to him before too long. I know that. Um, fall calendar for USA Water Polo is here. Um, obviously, we set aside basically any competition for those who are 18 and under until November. Um, but before then, we got our t- sort of a – it's almost typical now, Armadillo Classic, your tournament at Alamo, and uh, – I mean, I have we have October on the calendar, and uh, I don't know which Texas teams typically go to that, but that's an option. And then, uh, obviously, uh, not obviously, and then we are actually looking forward to going to Las Vegas at the end of October for a tournament out there. So the calendar is already full for all of our 14 and unders. No, yeah, I mean, that's, that's what this is. The, all the club teams get yeah. a chance to focus on the younger kids. Love it. It's going to be a ton of fun for them. You, yes, you do have the, Armad- like the Armadillo Classic. In September, you got the Alamo Classic. In October, teams can go to, to to October. There's also Champions Cup in there too. Oh, that's right. Uh, yep. Yeah, and th- yeah, and that'll be in November. You got Tags is going to be that weekend right after the high school state tournament. That's huge. The location is to be determined. Um, <laughs> um, and then also after the state tournament, then we'll start back up with uh, with like the like the full weekend tournaments for the older kids as well. So, yeah, it gets right and then, and, at, right away. And and there's also a master's tournament um, that is going to be played. Um, I, I, I know Hobbs is working on a master's tournament in September, and also the like the Pegasus will have their their typical like November master's tournament as well. So. Got it. Yeah, we just started masters again yesterday for the first time since the summer. The summer we can't do it, so there you go. But pretty good it. turnout. Yep. Um, do you guys do masters at Alamo? I don't even remember. We do. Okay. Yeah, you got them all. Um, cool. Um, we're going to come back, uh, unless there's anything else, we're going to come back with quite a bit more on high school, um, and we'll be right back with that and an interview with Ty Halford. Hey, this is Mark Lawrence from Austin College, head coach of the men's and women's Warflow programs and home of our kangaroos. When I'm interested in uh, what's going on with Texas Warflow, I always listen to TX Warflow podcast. James and Joe with you back on the TX Water Polo podcast. That's the, the high school season is here. It's on. It's uh, don't sound so excited. Well, it's Don't so jarring. So it's so fun. It's so it's exciting and jarring because literally we just got done talking about JOs and I'm talking to my guys and our last game is on uh, Sunday or uh, Saturday, Sunday. Jeez, oh, now I've already lost track of time. And the next day they're starting, you know, practices and scrimmages. So, yes. Um, yes. So, so um, Norm Collins, who is the head coach at Alma Heights High yeah. School, he also um, helped coach the Alma area. Um, the 18 new boys yep. at, um, at, at JOs and there were no Alamo Heights kids on that team. Oh, I noticed. I heard about that. Yeah, go ahead. And so he was able to coach it. Um, he ended up kind of making the third place game for platinum. Yeah. And, um, and they won the third place game. 
he didn't get out of there till about 5 p.m. on that Sunday. <laughs> yeah, they played the one of the last games. Uh, and, I'll, and I don't think he got home till not like probably 9 or 10 that night. Yeah. It's 7 a.m. practice the next morning. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's so, funny, but it's thank not you, funny. Mark. Thank yeah. you, Yeah. Oh, dedicated, man. That's very, that's very cool. No, man. I mean, and there were a ton of coaches that were in similar situations. There's a lot of players that were in that, that, yeah, that were in those situations. But yeah, it just goes, it just goes from the summer kind of right into the fall season. I have really brief mention of this because I had one of my kids talk to me about this when what I realized is, you know, the UIL is really playing a role. And here's what I mean is they're going to a travel tournament. And this person was just so excited that they were getting, you know, all of their hotels paid for and all this stuff. It's like the this the athletic departments are now treating this like an actual sport and i know that sounds obvious that yes it's but uil sponsored but when you've been working under the sort of club conditions for a decade and you've even been doing it for much longer than that then you know you have to rely on booster clubs or donors and all that kind of stuff and it's just it just goes to show to me that the UIL is really playing a role in this and presumably in growing the sport as well. We can talk about that either today or another time, but I, I just and, noticed and, that. And Tisco water polo and, and Texas high school water polo has been playing for 50 years, 50 years before the first. Yeah. So like, yeah, like, like the last like high school season was or the last club high school season was the spring of 22. And that was the 50th kind of season. So, um, so it's longer than just the 10 years. We no, no, did, for me. We actually, we actually played water polo before you got here, Jim. 1976. I know it quite well. I always brag about that because the girls' water polo didn't start in California until 1996. I think it's actually that's awesome. earlier than 1977. Well, it's 72, right? Correct. Yeah. So there you go. But, um, but no, I mean, it's, I mean, I'm very excited to see. And like kids have asked me before, so um, who's your favorite team to watch, coach? I go, I don't have a favorite team. I like mm -hmm. I like to go see the kids that are playing club water polo yes. that are out there and playing and kind of being successful. I I like to see the coaches that are learning, kind of be successful. I like good competitive games. Um, I like I like I like to see the new faces that are on the pool deck kind of roughing. Um, I just like to see the growth overall. And there's a ton more teams playing this year than last year. Yeah, um, which is great in the eyes of the UAL. And uh, you know, I mean, like. Just the adjustments that coaches have made between year one to year two. It was such a example, scramble last year, yeah. Yeah, I mean, it was, I mean, people didn't know what the rules were, right? Um, people, you know, they didn't know what scrimmages were. So, but kind of, kind of this year, people all scheduled their scrimmages back in the yep. spring. People had their tournaments kind of scheduled and like, it's not just scheduled, like it was not just on the counter, but they had you're playing at this time on yep. this day that was back in april and may yeah um and all of this was kind of kind of kind of sent to the referees a whole lot earlier it wasn't all just kind of rushed um and i think that's been a huge huge plus it's also it's also a lot easier for those teams that are new to the sport to come in and play yeah after when it's not rushed like that um so overall i just think it's it's been great and and also in Kai and I talk about this kind of kind of a little bit. There's been a ton of teams that have been traveling that yes. they didn't travel last year. Like there's been the Houston teams going to San Antonio, the San Antonio teams going to North Texas, the North Texas teams going to Houston, and vice versa. I like kind of all, all over the place, and that was that wasn't that wasn't happening last year. Yeah. So you know, it's not like at state's going to be the first time that a team kind of kind of sees somebody like the Foster girls and the Southlake girls. They actually played this past weekend. 
And Southlight came to Round Rock the weekend prior. So they were in uh, Central Texas, uh, you know, teaching a couple lessons to Round Rock High School. But that, that, that's right. Like getting on the road, like that's actual sort of like what was expected of UIL water polo. And now we're starting to see it. And that includes, like you said, they've, they've already held scrimmages, whereas last year it doesn't seem like they, there were very many. In fact, coaches may not have really understood what they were. And this year already, we're, aren't we heading into district games? Like this week or next week yeah, or something I, I, like that. And I think this upcoming weekend is going to be the first weekend of district games like this Friday, Saturday. So. Wow. That is amazing. Um, big tournaments coming up in September. There already and have that, been a couple too. And that's not everywhere. You know, just there's a couple districts that are starting district games. Yeah. So. Yeah. 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 But still, I mean, even from a distance, that's yeah. Just so much different than it has been in the past. I think it's a very, very cool. So yeah. And then, then there's even tournaments in September now. Yeah. That, are, that are that are non-district tournaments which is huge because you know you you don't want to just kind of not play right so oh, man um but overall i think it's just a huge huge step in the right direction and the biggest thing is these coaches are working together yeah you know yeah they want to beat each other stuff like that but they're working together they're helping out the new teams and all that stuff so it does seem like that and that they are um you know they're they're taking the skills that they already have often there's some coaches or some other coaches and, and applying that now to uil water polo which is very good um my i only have i, I want to see those coaches coaching for clubs um i know that they are there is a lack of time. I get that part. Um, but it's clear. And by the way, this is not unique to Texas, but that a lot of high school coaches could really use some exposure to, to more and more water polo. And the way to do that is by club. So that's my little admonition there. Yeah. And we have a lot, and we go and Ty and I go into a lot more depth in all this with the high school specific stuff in the interview. But yeah, I mean, there are a, there are a ton of teams playing and a ton of teams kind of doing kind of really well so do you want to go around the horn a little bit a little bit i'm going to start in central texas because that's all i I, honestly it's like the best i know and i will just make mention of one thing like i think the central texas is going to be very interesting this year obviously their teams in san antonio like clark and so on are going to be quite good um and I don't know about Bernie Champion. This, this, this is a defending, defending runners-up of the first UIL season, Bernie Champion. And they, have, they still have a bunch of talent on that team. And they've, they've got some coaching, good coaching as well. So I suspect they're still going to be good. But I'm also telling you that Westlake High School has been urged to start a water polo program, since, again, since I moved here a decade ago. And th- they finally have one. And they happen to grab themselves a couple very good players. So in our area of Austin, that might be the, the best boys team. We'll, we will see, but I, they, yeah. they are poised for that. And they didn't grab players. They had players that were within their well, well. Okay. All right, so they have players within their attendance zone. They're going to be good. They're going to keep They're being legit. good. They're legit. They moved to that area purposely. I don't know about any of that. Yeah, I know. But that's fine. What's what are you going to say? That's the way things work, you know. They wanted to live in that area and so now they suddenly have a, a very successful team. So, well, at least as far as we know, we'll see about that. So, um as far as girls in this area, again, I think the strongest teams from San Antonio are going to be the strong from last year are going to continue to be that and uh, I'm and uh, you know, again, I'm biased. My the girls at Round Rock are going to do okay as well. So, from that area, I think that that's uh, that's my best assessment. And but you know, San Antonio way better. But as far as Austin, I think you also have the Westwood boys are going to be strong too. Yep. Um, and I'm sure we're I'm sure we're missing a couple. Um, I'm sure. But um, but I think the Round Rock boys, the Round Rock girls, are always strong. Yep. Um, and I and I think like the Buddha teams and the Hayes teams are are going are going to take a huge step this year, and it's just great that they're playing down there. Awesome, completely and, awesome. Um, 
And then, and then in like, and then in San Antonio, like you're gonna have Clark, you're gonna have Bernie Champion that are gonna be kind of the tip of the spear teams on the boys side. Um, there's gonna be some other teams that are gonna get better and better, kind of, kind of throughout the season as well. Um, but on the girls side, there is a lot of parity. Yeah, yeah. really. You know, like, like you have Brendan, you have Brandeis, you have Alma Heights, which is with yeah, yeah, which has a, a ton of uh, kind of really good seniors, and then you have. Um, like the Harlan team, the like a brand new team, in, yeah, in uh, with the Johnson girls, yeah. Um, and then I'm forgetting somebody. Sorry if I'm forgetting them, but um, but you know, it's I mean, it's going to be a, a lot of, of like strong teams, and yeah. um, and I'm looking forward to seeing all the teams compete and compete well, and then also the Bernie Champion girls. I, I like I like I think are going to be strong as well. Scott's yes, yeah, yeah. Scott's like the new coach up at Bernie Champion. I think is going to do a great job. Um, but uh, I do know. too, unfortunately. And, uh, and I mean, he's going to be missed a little bit over in the Houston area for like the the like the bigger picture water polo right. club and the feeder system. But there's some great teams over in Houston as well. So. Yeah. Um, do you want to cover any of those? I'm, I don't want to put you on the spot. I'm, I'm less aware of who's going to be good down there. Um, the, 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 the strong teams from last year, generally speaking, going to remain the same. So um, what, what do you have? Yeah, any I mean, like, I definitely think the, like, like the Foster boys and girls are going to be strong. I think the, like the Brazos boys Brazos and girls are, yep. are, are going to be strong. I, I think Jeff Chandler does a great job up there. And I think this like, like, the side creek uh boys and girls are gonna be good i yeah. think Stuart webb does a good job i think strake it's gonna be it's gonna be kind of is gonna be very very strong this year as well i'm interested um, yeah. and, then, and then you know kind of kind of caitlin kelly although it's not a uil team i think she always brings a great high school team with the st agnes girls and then you got like like the pearland and dawson and like like the pearland dawson team is going to be strong and then i think the clear creek team down in the ccisd is going to be good as well um, you know, and then I think Storm's been doing a great job as far as the club side. So I'm kind of curious to see which I, I don't know who plays club where up in the Woodlands area. So I think a lot of those teams are going to be strong as well. So right on. It'll be fun. North Texas, any any big? I, I watched South Lake Carroll. They came to Round Rock. I was fairly impressed. Um, I think that the competition up there is just much better than it is in round rock. So I think that South Lake is going to do fine, but I, I suspect that there's some pretty strong competitors to both their boys and girls. The girls came and, you know, Jojo is a uh, head Jojo Walters headed off to UCLA, very talented. So they were very good. So I would watch out for them, but the boys, uh, you know, I think they're probably going to face a lot more competition. Yeah. And, and like the, and like the South Lake Carroll boys and girls are, are, are also like the strong, strong teams up there for yeah. both boys and girls um, on the girls. Oh, and the girls' side, you still got Highland Park. You have Hebron, that I think they just won their own home tournament this past weekend. They also went down and played a couple close games with Foster on both boys and girls' oh, good. side. Okay. Well, so I think that like like the Hebron boys are going to be strong as well. The Marcus boys are like like they're always strong. Yeah. And then um, and then the Marcus girls, I think they're young, but I yeah yeah, but I think they're going to be very competitive. Um, and then I mean, there's like the Keller boys, the Keller girls. You know, um, there's there's some other like you know like you got the teams over in kind of Rockwall and the Rockwall Heath. Um, I'm just I'm just happy to see like the Garland schools are playing. No this year. kidding, that's um, so cool. And and you know it's 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 a lot of fun to see these different teams. And then of course the St. Mark's team with Trenton, kind of he does a great job with yep. that group. Um, but uh, you know it's it's interesting. And but it's again 
to go back to what to what we already talked about, you know, there's these teams that are playing each other now, right? Right. Like from all these over. Teams are from you, you, yeah, from all over. So it's not just a guessing game now. We're we're going to be able to see these teams play each other and kind of kind of kind of kind of see the results and and kind of compare and contrast prior to the playoffs. Yeah. Really exciting stuff. It's very good. Um, okay, anything else before we head off to our interview? All good. Coming up, Ty Halford. This is Joe's conversation with him. He's the head coach at Clear Creek, Clear Creek High School, but also the chairperson of Tisca Water Polo. Here he is, Ty Halford. Welcome to today's Texas uh, like TX Water Polo podcast kind of interview. Today, we have Ty Halford of Clear Creek High School. He's also the Tisca Water Polo chair. Ty, kind of how are you doing today? I'm doing pretty great. It's first day of school here at Clear Creek High School, so we get to we get to welcome in. Uh, we it's a transition day, so all the first years to to our campus. Um, so it's a lot of fun. But you've already got to meet your first year players a little bit, right? For the last couple of weeks. Yeah, yeah. I mean, we've been. I think it's about three weeks now. Um, you know, uh, we we do tryouts over the summer for swim team, so we've we've met a lot of them. Um, we started water polo, uh, July 31st this year. So we've been, we've been going pretty strong and gotten to know those freshmen pretty well. And so how, so how is your season going? Yeah. Kind of, did you do scrimmages? Did you do, I mean, have, have you played a couple of tournaments already? We have, um, last year was a big learning. like, I think a big learning experience where a lot of us, um, just kind of put our feet in the water. Um, this year, like, I think we've got a better grip of, uh, the rules. So I want to say we're trying to go more full speed ahead. Um, so we did three scrimmage days because you can scrimmage as many times as you want before you play your first game, which, um, is different than they do in like volleyball, um, like talking with my volleyball coach. Um, so we did a scrimmage day on that Friday versus two teams and then another two teams on that Saturday and then another scrimmage um, on Tuesday. So um, we've played in two tournaments so far. Um, something that I think is super cool that I'm seeing a whole lot of talking around the state is people are, are getting out of their Metroplex. Um, like we traveled up to Keller um to their back to school bash the first week in the tournaments um, got to play a lot of very good Dallas teams um, that you've got to, you've got to leave your Metroplex to see. Um, then this last weekend um, I actually split my program into two. Um, my girls, my varsity girls and my JV boys team played in the clear Creek ISD tournament um, that was here and we were hosted. And then I took my varsity boys to the straight Jesuit, uh, Gessner invite. That must've been a little bit uh, challenging. It, yeah, it, uh, it was a real long weekend. Uh, Saturday I got home and, uh, I hit the pillow and I don't think my wife came downstairs after we put our son together and I was already, I was already out. Um, I got a really good nap yesterday for like three and a half hours, I'm just, I'm glad my kids like to nap too. So did you get to drive back and forth between Strake and your pool constantly? I, I did. I did. Uh, we played Thursday. Hopefully it wasn't on a bus. Hopefully it wasn't on a bus. It was oh. on a bus. All, all 106 degrees in Houston on, on a hot bus. Oh. Um, but it was great. Like it's, it's that time of year. You want to get your kids as much playing time and exposure as you can. Um, 
and hosting a tournament's a really good, I'm going to say, way to get your JVs um, some game time. Um, it doesn't cost any – the way we host, like it doesn't cost anything for us to enter our own teams in our tournament. So my JV kids, like I've got 24 boys. Um, and if all you play is a varsity roster, like it's really hard to get that, those, you know, 16 through 24 kids – um, some minutes. So this, this gave them, they got five games completely on their own. And it was really, really funny to see like after the first game, the first half, like they're like, <gasps> yeah, like we want all the minutes. But we got to get in shape to play them. Um, but, so it was, yeah, it was a good but weekend. By the end of the weekend, they're like, this is not too bad. And they yeah. have a better understanding of the little smaller console. Okay, now I understand what you mean by pressure. Now I understand what you mean by I'm excited to see what practice looks like today now that I feel like all – I feel like we've got 40 kids playing. um, Now that all of them got got to play, like have had – you know, have been pressed, have had seen what a counterattack in a real game looks like. They've they've all had real minutes. I mean, and I – and I too have seen an uptick – with the different teams, well, yeah, whether it's Dallas teams coming down to Houston or Houston teams going to, um, to uh, like the North Texas or even or even some Houston teams coming over to San Antonio, and definitely, and I don't think this happened last year. There's a bunch of the San Antonio teams going out and playing. Too. Yeah, like I think last year people were were real timid to travel, um, just because we didn't know what it was going to look like. Um, whereas this year, like we know what we know kind of what to expect. We we had several months to plan and get stuff out um, and talk to coaches. And I, I think like, I'm super excited to see that like every weekend there's two or three teams um, from one Metroplex that are traveling to a different one. And that's, that's a, that's a big sign of a growing sport. And then I, and then I also saw something that's a lot, uh, it's not a lot different, but it's unique compared to last year is, there's a couple tournaments in September this year, and yeah, um, um, and which is which is great because I think uh, last year in, in yeah in September was that was mainly a district play. People were people were like weren't quite sure how to schedule it and stuff like that. This year, I think they kind of figured it out and they wanted to have that non-district play a big tournament, which is great. Yeah. I think that's going to be a huge positive. Yeah, I mean it's there, there's a lot of things that like we we took in last year and just said hey like let's. Let's get through year one um, and see like what changes we want. Um, I know like in talking up when I was in Dallas last weekend, like they don't, they don't do this in, in volleyball, but like why not do a round of district play and then, then have a tournament like, and then have a big tournament where you play that second or third tournament, whatever, like you, like each individual coach wants to um, schedule and then do your second round of, district play like there's no rule that says you have to do all of your tournaments first no exactly and 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 i think that that's a huge kind of difference between last year to yeah this year i mean are there any other thoughts just in general as far as you know kind of like on like like on your two of uil as opposed to your one like 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 the primary differences um i think familiarity um we've 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 gotten more 
I think like it's not as big of a shock. So the, the little things that are different than just like the coaching part of it um, are coming easier. Um, like max preps um, last year, like it's the first year we've ever used max preps. And there's a lot of coaches that hadn't, I think figured out how to do it or made an account or figured out how to put that in their daily routine um, that got to jump on starting it um, over the summer or during the spring of last year, once our schedules were done, like they got them put in. Um, so now like all they got to do is just log in, you know, type in, we won seven, four. Um, Cause the game's already made their schedules already in there. Um, the roster's already in there. So um, and, there's just a lot of familiarity with the non-necessarily coaching parts of it. And the, uh, and, the max prep, and the max preps is very important too because that actually kind of dictates a little bit on who plays who at the state tournament. Correct. And I think that was a bit of a – And that was something we didn't we didn't know last year. That, that like unless you compare – like you, unless you went in and compared to volleyball or compared to – you know, any of the other sports, like how do they do seating at the state tournament? How does max preps of, like affect your playoff bracket? Like that was a big one that I saw last year of. Um, so the lesson for those coaches out there, even if you're, even if you're not the coach, that's going to have a team that goes to playoffs, please input your stuff. Cause it all affects the algorithm out there guys. So, so, um, but um but are there any other, I mean, I personally think that, you know, I thought year one was a great success. And I think, and so, and from what I've seen so far, like the year two is going even better. Absolutely. Like, I, I feel like it's going so much better. Uh, we've got a lot more teams playing and traveling, um, going to tournaments where like last year they were like, Hey, let's, let's get through a district schedule and see what that looks like. Now they're, they're out traveling to tournaments, um, which is, is great for those kids. Like the more they play, the the better and faster they're going to grow. Yeah. Um, and like, and, and, and before we even kind of hit the record button, we you know, kind of, we were talking a little bit about this last year. I think there were teams that played like 10, 12 games maybe. Yeah. And then those same teams are playing 25 games this year. And there, and I've even heard coaches out there that are like playing thirty plus games. So, which is which, which they're scheduled for because of the tournaments, they can play extra games. And mm-hmm. stuff. So, which is which, yeah, kind of which is huge. So we're already starting to talk a, a little bit about the high school season and such. I mean, you were like your other half besides the Clear Creek is the Tisca Water Polo Chair. Um, can can you kind of like just in general, just kind of kind of talk about what is the primary role of Tisca Water Polo? Um. So Tisca water polo is we're, we're here to help coaches and programs grow. Um, whether you're in our district and our region, um, you're in the state and we want to help. We want, we want to be a, a resource for you to go um, ask the questions, whether they're UIL questions, whether they're program questions like, Hey, how do I set up practice schedules? Um, how do I, you know, what are, what are three passing drills that, you know, you do like, what, what are, like I ask coaches, like, and I try to learn from everybody, like, what are your three favorite passing drills? Um, just cause I feel like my, my program can't pass. Um, especially when it matters. <laughs> um, but we're, we're wanting to be a, a lifeline for you to, to ask questions, to grow as coaches, um, 
in the sport. There's a lot of coaches and programs that are new um, that, that we want to reach out to. And it's like, here's all this information that we've got from a, you know, a, a statewide c- community of coaches that are all here to help each other. Um, I think a, a big thing that we always try to promote in CCISD where I'm at is like, as coaches, we're not playing against each other. Like our, our kids are competing, but I'm not, I'm not competing against you. Like I want to help you grow and get better. Um, because it'll make, it'll, it'll, it'll make me better. It'll make the the community of water polo stronger. Um, but that's, that's what we're here for. We're here to help, help in any way we can ask, ask any question we can, um, just to, to help the sport grow. Yeah. And so, and what is the relationship between Tisca water polo and the bigger organization Tisca? Um, so we work, we work well with, I mean, where Tisca goes over, um, goes over three sports, um, swimming, diving, and water polo. Um, we've got an equal seat at the table as everybody else. Um, we're, we're working, um, with, with Tisca to, um, right now kind of revolutionize how we do our, our coaches clinic. Um, we did move it this year, um, to the spring, um, that way nobody's in season for it. Um, last year, that was one of the big, um, I want to say maybe downfalls of the clinic was, you know, there's a lot of people that had district games scheduled that, you know, missed out on that coach or the professional learning opportunity. Um, so it got moved to the spring. Um, and then we were basically given the reins to how we want to run the clinic. Like what, who we want to talk, what we want to talk about, what we want to do, like, how do we, what do we as a clinic or committee view? Like we can use these four coaching sessions that will help our, our sport the most. Um, so we, we get to work, you know, side by side with, you know, the, like swimming's got a chair, diving's got a chair, water polo's got a chair, and we're all we're all here to to help promote and and build these three sports in the state. And I believe that is April 11th through the 14th, correct? I believe that's correct. And that is, uh, and it's going to be in Georgetown, and which is which is which is just north of Austin. So all, all those coaches that are listening, please make sure you plan accordingly. It's going to be a great resource. Um, it's it's basically what used to happen in September. Yes. Now but better. It's gonna April. be better because we're getting we're getting to organize it. So exactly. Um what we as a coaching community, you know, feel throughout the season, like if you there's something you want to learn or know about or us to put in, send me an email. Um, we get to design what we want to teach in that. Um and it's real cool. Dave Johnson um, worked with Southwestern um, and we get pool time um, during the during Saturday. So we're going to get, you know, two 45 minute sessions to, you know, use the pool and work on show different drills or and it's not going to be. I think necessarily theoretical. Um, but you're going to get to see some athletes actually do these drills and what they're supposed to look like. Um, rather than I'm going to say like me, cause I've presented before dancing in front of you on lands, trying to show like, Hey, what does hips up look like? Yeah. Um, 
and 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 I think that's going to be an awesome like you know it's it's going to be at a time when coaches aren't going to have to miss like a tournament or they're mm-hmm. it's going to be a, it's going to be good for both swimming and the swimming diving and water polo coaches so yes but now um and then I mean obviously the Tisca water polo has there's a lot of different things that 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 you guys do can you kind of explain what the relationship between Tisca water polo and the UIL is um so a lot of what we've done with UIL um, is um, talk with AJ about, you know, different, different questions that coaches around the state have. Um, Not that we necessarily have to be the funnel to go to UIL. Um, Like AJ Martinez at UIL has been phenomenal. Um, If there's a coach listening, like he, he does a great job of responding to his emails. Like if you've got a question that, um, that you need answered right away, like get on your email and email. Um, he's, he's done a great job of, of responding and helping us build, um, us as, you know, the Tisca board, um, and even the Tisca water polo reps. Um, if you've got a question, you know, maybe ask one of us, um, maybe we've, we've either dealt with the question or we we've talked, we've brought it to them before. Um, so we might have an answer. Um, but we work with them to, to kind of get rule clarifications on, um, you know, what, what are we allowed to do? What are schedules look like? Um, different, different stuff like that. Um, he does ask us, um, just different questions throughout the year. Like what, how do, how do we get information to coaches? Um, stuff I mean, like I mean, that. It, I mean, it's because the UAL wants to see water polo grow. Obviously the water polo community yes. wants to see water polo grow. It's, it's a win-win relationship. I mean, after getting together with them and office of the coaches, so just, and we have enough time now. So what are you like looking back? What are your overall impressions of your one? Like the strengths, the surprises, like, like, if there's any other shortcomings that we can build on here in year two? Um, I want to say shortcomings were uh, just our unfamiliarity with the rules, um, what we're allowed to do. Um, I feel like I'm going to say, especially me going in, I thought they were going to be a lot more restrictive um, than they necessarily are. Um, There's a lot of different ways to be creative um, to get your kids experience and opportunities, um, which I hope is, is going to be more of a strength as we move forward. Um, especially as we're trying to build the sport. Um, I feel like year one went great. Like it was, um, we got to see a lot of teams that, you know, aren't, weren't necessarily always recognized in the Tisca era. Um, be recognized on their campuses um, because they're, they're now an official sport, not necessarily a club. Um, There were a lot of district champions that, that might not have won district ever before. Um, And that's, that's super cool to have, you know, the sense of pride in your school um, and be able to say like, Hey, we're, we're district champs. Um, And there's like schools that do like some of the newer schools that got that were, you know, they might not have strong sports programs, um, and other other sports of of their campus. Now they're the they're the shining star. Yeah, and and I also think that there's a ton of of, rec- of kind of recognition for the water polo kids 
whether it's the all district teams or the all region teams, the all state teams and stuff like that, which is huge, I think, in like in the water pool community and also the validity of the sport kind of kind of kind of within the communities. And again, I I completely agree with you that like the year one had its challenges, but I think all the but yeah, but overall, I think it was a great experience. Yeah, 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 for everyone. And then the good thing about year two is there's a lot more teams playing. Yeah. And I mean, in your in your view, so so what do you see as the primary factor for kind of kind of kind of for growth from year one to year two? Um, I think it's year one, same as coaches, like there was a lot of people that were timid about it. Um, like, hey, what is this water polo? Like, how does it fit in? Um I think there were several districts that are like, Hey, we're, we're going to, we're going to allow y'all to play at a club level um, or practice it, but we're not, we're not ready to, to jump in the deep end yet. Um, that this year did and next year will, and the year after we'll continue to see more school districts that are saying, Hey, there are success stories um, from different schools, different schools in our situations that are, you know, being successful, you know, managing their, their programs. Um, I mean, I'm going to say like outside sports, like there are, you know, football and soccer say for a lot of times share the same field, like, and where football might control it in, you know, the fall, then there's some crossover with your soccer teams and there's boys and girls soccer teams that, you know, if you don't have, three fields like they all have to manage to share that same one that's just um, it is it is a scheduling challenge but i think there's solutions out there so. correct and as as more districts play and teams play and have solved the the scheduling challenges there they're going to be a lot more teams that jump on board um because you know hey there's this district is doing doing it successfully and their kids are excelling um now now it's not as hard like somebody, somebody has already, I'm going to say solved our issue um, for us. So let's, let, 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 let's go now. Like let's, let's go win a district championship. Let's go win a region championship. And, and kind of one thing that a lot of people that are, that are, yeah, that might be listening parents or, or like athletes and such. And this is something that you talked about kind of earlier was, um, you know, it's it's a small it's not a small community it's a growing community and although the coaches kind of kind of want to beat the other coach right at the games i think everybody helps there's absolutely there's um there's there's that coach that has been coaching for a while they're to help that yeah like yeah like this is for the most part right and i think that's a very huge driving factor it's not just the coach that helps but it's the ad that played for a year or two that is now helping like the new ADs. And so we're all kind of rowing the boat together. Right. So, yeah. Like I started, I got to clear Creek 11 years ago and I had maybe six months of water polo experience under my belt, like all growing up. Um, but I asked questions. I had, I'm going to say three great mentors that kind of took me under the wing. And although it was probably annoying and asking them, every question I could think of, like, there's not a coach that I ever encountered that didn't sit down with me and say like, Hey, let's go over this. Yeah. Um, like we're, we're about building coaches and programs and, and everything around the state. Um, and even coaches from outside of the state, like through USA water polo, like they're all, we're all here to help each other grow. 
Um, exactly. We've all been new coaches at one point where we had questions. And I think having, I'm going to say confidence to, to ask, um, there's there, there's never been a coach that I've asked a question to that hasn't sat down with me to to try to make sure I understand it. Yeah, and I've been doing this longer than 11 years. <laughs> Unfortunately, a lot longer. But like the whole thing is, I still ask questions. Yeah, I still ask questions. I still want to get better. So coaches out there, just ask, just ask, please. People and there's are- there's new coaches that'll come in and they'll ask me a question. And I'm like, wow, like I've never thought of it that way. Like exactly. Like they're they're teaching me, and that's a question that they had, like all of a sudden, like ping, like light bulb in my brain, like, Hey, how do I tack it this way? Um, So it's not just us. I'm going to say experienced coaches helping. It's the, you know, the younger coaches that y'all are helping us too. Right. And I know you have to go. We're we're up against a deadline here. Um, Just a quick little, just kind of what's your outlook for, for the rest of the year two, the rest of this 2023 season. Um, I'm going to say like, Hopefully I can be as successful or maybe more successful than I was last year. Um, my kids are doing great. Um, my boys team is super strong this year um, or has been so far. Um, my girls, like they're, I mean, they're, they're doing way, they're doing really well. We've, we've played some really tough teams up in Dallas and um, beat a few of them. And then we came back to Houston and I think they went four and one this weekend, um, which is super exciting. You're, you're seeing like, I think we're last year at this point, we were still trying to teach what a transition is. Like now they're able to identify like a two versus one or a three versus two. Um, and they're, they're growing, they're, they're learning and being able to apply it in the game. Um, hopefully I continue to see, you know, teams from around the state, like continuing to grow and continuing to battle. Yeah. Um, so that's, that's super cool. I'm looking forward to, you know, hopefully playoffs going smoother now that we're trying like max preps is, is a whole lot more updated. We know like fourth in our district is going to play first in their district. And we know how to get that set up and what pools to play at. Um, but it, I think everything going smoother um, as far as a statewide um, my team wise, I mean, you want to be more successful every year than you were the last one. Exactly. Exactly. Well, Ty, thank you so much for taking the time to come on today. Um, it's yeah, it, it's been great. Kind of good luck the rest of the season, and uh, this is just the this is the first of of kind of kind of many of the interviews this fall. So thanks, Ty. Absolutely, thanks for having me, coaches uh, out there. Like, if you've got any questions, like most of you've got my phone number. Um, or email, um, get with your Tiska, you know, region rep or get with me. Like we'll, we'll answer any question you got. Um, we're here, um, to help you grow, to help our sport grow. Um, anything we can do in that to help, um, let us know, like we're, we're here for y'all. Um, we're not competing against you. We're all, we're all trying to help our kids get better. Exactly. All right. Uh, uh, like kind of good luck and kind of good luck with the first day of school too. So. Yeah. Thank you. <laughs> that was Joe's conversation with Ty Halford. Uh, we appreciate his time. He spent some uh, time this morning actually with Joe um, going over a lot of stuff and very informative stuff. So um, unless there's anything else, Joe, that is it. That's it, James. I will, we will hopefully have a podcast a little bit more often during the high school season. 
Um, may not be the once a week, but hopefully every couple of weeks for sure. There you go. Thanks everybody for listening, telling a friend about the TX Water Polo Podcast. And with that, so long from Austin.
This has been a production of TWP Sports, LLC.